0: Hour number two of the morning after, set to begin right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. You just heard from the wonderful voice of our great producer here on TMA, Alex Fasano, in that Sports Grid Sports News update. Alex Fasano, a huge hockey guy, and the NHL opening night happened last night. The ice, the puck, has been dropped on a new NHL regular season. So, what are we going to do right now, right here on Sports Grid? We're going to talk some puck. We're going to recap the two opening games last night to begin the NHL regular season. Ben talking hockey? Yeah, Ben talking hockey. That's what we're going to do right now. So let's start with the first game of the evening. The reigning Stanley Cup champions, twice the Tampa Bay Lightning hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. TB was minus 250 as the Moneyline favorites last night. But look at this score. Look at the outcome. The Pittsburgh Penguins pulling off the huge upset on the road last night against the Tampa Bay Lightning winning 6 to 2, a power outage in Tampa Bay indeed. The Penguins scoring 6 goals in that game. They cash as a huge money line underdog the total of five and a half goes way over for the opening game last night between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Pittsburgh Penguins and right now the Pens are getting this done without three of their best players no Sidney Crosby as of yet no Evgeny Malkin no Jake Densel as well Jake Densel by the way a former UNO Maverick how do I know that I used to live and work in Omaha covering the UNO hockey program one of the best and all of college hockey. Just a name to keep in mind, obviously, Jake Gensel has done some pretty impressive things during his time in the National Hockey League as well. So again, the Pittsburgh Penguins getting the win in upset fashion on opening night of the NHL season, winning 6-2 on road ice against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But do not fear, the Lightning still have the second-shortest odds to win the Stanley Cup right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 650. If they cash on those very short odds to win the Stanley Cup, it would be the third time in three years the Tampa Bay Lightning have hoisted Lord Stanley's Cup. I don't think that's gonna happen based on what we have heard and what we have seen from some of the smartest hockey minds that I know personally, Alex Fasano, our intern Andrew Bocci Galupo, a big hockey guy as well. And then of course, yesterday, Mike Carver, who was here on the show as well. The next game up, the second game of the evening, release the Kraken, the franchise debut for seattle on the road against the vegas golden knights a competitive game seattle scoring three goals but vegas ultimately pulling out the victory winning four to three on home ice last night cashing as a huge money line favorite they were minus 255 entering the game but good to see seattle getting a couple scores up there putting up three goals on the other side for vegas max Pacioretty scored two goals in the win The Vegas Golden Knights, we just talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning, plus 650 to win the Stanley Cup, the second shortest odds. Vegas, the third shortest odds at plus 700. The Colorado Avalanche have the shortest odds at plus 550 right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, but two of the three shortest odds for the Stanley Cup in action on NHL opening night. Vegas has very short odds as well, the second shortest to win the Western Conference in the National Hockey League at plus 300. Colorado, the favorites to win the Stanley Cup also the plus 190 favorites to win the western conference vegas is expected to obviously be a part of the postseason to have a great chance of claiming lord stanley's cup and a big reason for that is their dominance as we expect of the pacific division this year in the nhl the heavy odds on favorites as of right now at minus 180 to win the pacific as we welcome in our sports grid radio audience here the second hour of the morning after just getting underway i'm your host ben stevens You are listening on Sirius XM channel 204, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. We're talking hockey right now. The start of the NHL season last night, two great games, the Pittsburgh Penguins getting the upset on the road against the reigning Stanley Cup champions two times of that matter of fact. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the Pens winning 6-2 in Tampa last evening. And then Vegas getting the win on home ice in the debut of the Seattle Kraken franchise. The Vegas Golden Knights prevailing over the Kraken winning four to three so again vegas the third shortest odds to win the stanley cup right now at plus 700 the second shortest odds to win the western conference at plus 300 very strong odds the longest odds the odds on favorite odds to win the pacific division in the nhl right now at minus 180 on the fanduel sportsbook you might be thinking to yourself is it time to get into hockey when we have so much action all around well no major league baseball tonight The NFL is still one day away. Unlike last night, no college football, although having the fun belt on a Tuesday was great. Hope you tailed my best bet of the day and took the under for Appalachian State and Louisiana. So maybe we turn to the rink tonight and we look at the NHL because we have five games this evening. The Canadiens and the Maple Leafs in Toronto. The Rangers getting underway on the road against the Caps. The Winnipeg Jets and the Anaheim Ducks. The Jets a road favorite at minus 138. The Chicago Blackhawks taking on the Stanley Cup preseason favorite right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Colorado Avalanche, who are minus 205 at home in Denver, Colorado tonight. And then the late night game, the Vancouver Canucks and the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers, a heavy favorite against the Canucks as well on home ice. The Oilers, minus 200. Mike Carver told you yesterday, if you're looking for point totals, regular season point totals right now, the Chicago Blackhawks present A little bit of value in that market as well. The Blackhawks plus 168 on the road tonight against the Avs out there in Denver, Colorado. Five games of NHL action tonight on a rather quiet slate across the sports landscape. Maybe you find some value on the NHL board right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's been over an hour of the morning after, and we haven't talked any college football. What's good with that? We changed that. Coming up next, Heisman Market Movers on the other side of the break. Right back here on sports grid the morning after on Sirius XM channel 204 all across the sports grid network however you may be tuning in on this fine Wednesday we thank you for doing so I'm your host Ben Stevens and I love college football and it's been an hour of this program without any college football we need to change that right now because there's been a lot of movement in a certain market on the FanDuel Sportsbook I'm talking about the contenders for the Heisman Trophy so let's take a look at market movers. All right, so right now on the Heisman Trophy board on the FanDuel Sportsbook, you will see two guys with the same exact odds to win the Heisman Trophy. The two shortest odds currently belong to Matt Corral and Bryce Young. Matt Corral of Ole Miss, the quarterback. Bryce Young of Alabama, also a quarterback. Both of those guys at plus 200 right now tied for the shortest odds of striking the pros in December right here in New York City. But let's see how that market has moved based on a snapshot we took back on September 6th. Now, that date was following week number one of this college football regular season. At that time, Bryce Young was the favorite by himself at plus 350. Matt Corral had longer odds. He was plus 1,200 at that time to be the Heisman Trophy winner. So as you go through this board, compare it to the left where you will see those dates from September 6th to where things are currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Bryce Young was the favorite at plus 350 once again. Spencer Rattler, who might not even be the starting quarterback for Oklahoma anymore, was 10 to 1. CJ Stroud, the quarterback for Ohio State, also 10 to 1. Matt Corral, plus 1,200. Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas, was 20 to 1. Desmond Ritter, the starting quarterback for Cincinnati, also plus 2,000. Currently, as things stand on FanDuel, Bryce Young, again, one of the co-favorites with Matt Corral. Both of those guys at plus 200. You will see Spencer Rattler on the Heisman Trophy board still, but you got to scroll a little bit. He's at 80 to 1. C.J. Stroud, the third shortest odds currently at plus 700. Odds working in his favor by nearly three bucks. You have Bijan Robinson, the odds working against him from 20 to 1 to 30 to 1. And then Desmond Ritter has stayed the exact same at plus 2,000. So let's begin With the two favorites right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Bryce Young and Matt Corral, two quarterbacks out of the Southeastern Conference for Alabama and Ole Miss, respectively, both at plus 200 currently. So when you look at those initial odds from the Heisman, that came again, week number one of the college football season Matt Corral had much longer odds in the preseason at a certain point Bryce Young has always been one of the guys with the five shortest odds the quarterback for Alabama you are always going to be in preseason Heisman contention let's start with Matt Corral because he has had some of the most movement on this board ten dollars of movement in his favor no real surprise as well because Matt Corral at the helm of that explosive Ole Miss offense is liable to put up big numbers throughout the entirety of this college football season and Ole Miss despite a loss to Alabama still ranked 13th in the country these two guys are the two highest rated quarterbacks in the SEC Matt Corral specifically averaging 299.4 passing yards per game for Ole Miss he has 12 touchdowns to zero interceptions I highlight those zero picks because that was an area Matt Corral struggled last year in 2020 it was an area of emphasis For the run and rev signal caller that he himself highlighted and said, I need to be better. He has been a ton better because when you look at those zero interceptions right now, it's very impressive. He had 14 last year, including two games for Ole Miss where he had five or more interceptions in a single game. He has cleaned that up in a big way. Zero interceptions so far this season. Also showing off a little bit of his versatility as well. He has three games so far this year for Ole Miss three of the five for the Rebs, with 55 or more rushing yards on the ground in eight rushing scores for Matt Corral. Matt Corral will have plenty of opportunities in the SEC West to continue to put up big stats and big numbers to be a part of the Heisman Trophy race throughout the entirety of the year. I hope you got him when he was plus 1,200. I hope you got him in the preseason when he opened up around 25-1 to 1, and you have some good value on Matt Corral, the quarterback. For Ole Miss right now also keep Matt Corral in mind because I think he will be a quarterback you hear surfaced a lot throughout the upcoming NFL draft season as we head into 2022. Now Bryce Young for Alabama averaging 289 passing yards per game has 20 touchdown passes right now the most in the SEC the third most in all of college football. Now you might be thinking Bryce Young the favorite to win the Heisman. Is that really sensical seeing where Alabama stands? Alabama is still minus money to make the college football playoff. Those updated odds now up on the FanDuel Sportsbook. They're minus 150 still to make the CFP. They are plus 110 to win the SEC, the second shortest odds. Still the second shortest odds to win the national championship at plus 250 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Bryce Young still has huge games left against Arkansas, against Auburn in the Iron Bowl, and then possibly against Georgia in an SEC championship game. So those odds are deservedly short. For Bryce Young right now, both he and Matt Corral, the favorites on FanDuel, tied for the shortest odds at plus 200. Then next, we must go to the guy with the third shortest odds currently in C.J. Stroud. Plus 700, shorter from 10-1 to 1 where he was on that board you saw for our Market mover segment after week number one of this college football season. Ohio State was struggling, though, through weeks three and four of this year. The defense wasn't good C.J. Stroud wasn't all that good at the helm of that Ohio State offense. His odds got longer. Now back down to plus 700. Triple digits, the third shortest odds. C.J. Stroud has the highest quarterback ranking in the Big Ten Conference right now. The highest rating for the Big Ten. The third highest in all of the country. He is averaging 10.8 yards per pass attempt. That is the most in the Big Ten Conference. So the first three weeks, C.J. Stroud put up huge numbers in the Oregon loss, but He was under 300 passing yards twice in the two of of the three first games for Ohio State this year. Only had 185 versus Tulsa in a game that Ohio State was tested at the shoe in Columbus. He then didn't play against Akron, and he had three interceptions to only eight passing touchdowns in those first three starts he made for the Buckeyes this year. But then look at the last two weeks for C.J. Stroud. And again, it was against Rutgers and against Maryland, but still very big numbers in Big Ten competition. And I am not a person to slight Rutgers or Maryland. So the last two weeks, 10 touchdown passes for C.J. Stroud, zero interceptions. He had three interceptions and only eight touchdown passes in his first three games. Down the last two weeks, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He is averaging 368 passing yards per game, 73.2% completion percentage for the starting signal caller, for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And here is the thing about C.J. Stroud and why I think he still has value right now on the Heisman board at plus 700. Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten East have yet to play each other. There are four teams out of the Big Ten East division all ranked in the top 10. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. None of those four teams have played one another yet. Huge opportunities for the Buckeyes here down the stretch and still the odds on favorites at minus 150 to win the Big Ten Conference. And I would be remiss as Big Ten Ben if I did not mention Kenneth Walker III, the stud running back for the Michigan State Spartans. He was not on this market movers board because I don't know if we could have seen his odds in the preseason. But right now, he has the sixth or excuse me, tied for the fourth shortest odds at plus 2,000 to win the Heisman Trophy with Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter. He has the shortest odds of anybody, not a quarterback. He is the leading rusher in college football, 129 rushing attempts, 912 yards. That's 100 more yards than the next closest competitor in terms of those rushing yards leaders in all of college football. Nine rushing touchdowns that's tied for most, fourth most in the country. You see Bijan Robinson, another running back we feature on this board, 20 to 1 to 30 to 1. Kenneth Walker, shorter odds currently at 20 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy. And then again, Spencer Rattler, 80 to 1 right now, was 10 to 1 after week one, was plus 350 as the preseason Heisman favorite. We're not even sure he's the quarterback anymore for the Sooners. Lincoln Riley, yet to name a starter for OU against TCU in their upcoming matchup this Saturday night against the Horned Frogs. The Heisman market has moved. It is now time to hear from FanDuel's Tom Vecchio to get some NFL prop perspective, maybe even some hockey talk here on the morning after. We return with Tom Vecchio on the other side of the break. Series XM, channel 204. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, and very pleased to be joined right now by FanDuel's Tom Vecchio. He is the home run prop king. He is the NFL prop king. He will soon be the NHL and NBA prop king as well. A very busy time of the year for Tom Vecchio, so we are very grateful to have him here on the morning after. Tom, how goes it, my man? I'm doing
2: good. NHL started last night. I'm ready for the season, obviously hosting the podcast for uh, Number Fire. NBA starts next week. Exciting time for MLB. NFL's in full swing. It's a great time to be a sports fan.
0: It is a great time to be a sports fan. The only sport you did not mention that I personally love, college football. But I'll let you off the hook for that one. So let's focus right now on the NFL. We are about to start week number six tomorrow night. In Philadelphia, the Eagles and the bucks The bucks a touchdown favorite right now. But from a prop perspective, Tom, where do you think the edge is in this game between Tampa and Philly?
2: That would lie with Miles Sanders and the over on his 23 and a half receiving yards is sitting at minus 114. Mm. I will say I also like his uh total receptions prop that's sitting at two and a half right now. It's at minus 158, so there's a little bit of juice there. If it went to three and a half, I would also have interest depending on what the juice is. And I know everyone's going to say, oh, Tampa has a good defense, you know, quote unquote good defense. And I think we need to look at that in a little bit of context. Now, prior to last week's game, uh, before they played the Dolphins, Tampa Bay came in allowing the sixth most receptions and the seventh most receiving yards to running back specifically. Then we saw them play the mm. Dolphins, and what happened? Miles Gaskin went for 10, 72, and two touchdowns against them. This puts Tampa now dead last in the league for the most receptions allowed to running backs and the fourth most receiving yards allowed. So Tampa has a quote unquote good defense. They're terrible against receiving running backs. So the two and a half, uh, over two and a half receptions for Miles Sanders, the over two, uh, 23 and a half receiving yards for Miles Sanders is the spot that I want to go, combined with the fact that we see Philly as seven-point underdogs, which should put them in a positive passing game script. I think it all lines up for Sanders, who apparently isn't running the ball that much anymore. I'll take the over there.
0: Yeah, don't forget, what was it, week two or week three, where Miles Sanders had four or five rushing attempts but was still a feature in the backfield in that passing game alongside Jalen Hurts. I like that lean for tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. The Eagles, again, a seven-point home underdog, like Tom alluded to, the total for that game, 52 and a half tom another spot you're looking at looking ahead to sunday's slate is one of the more intriguing games you will see between two teams in the nfc two teams that are certainly going to battle it seems for one of the two wild card spots one of the three wild card spots rather in the nfc this year the panthers at home a short one point underdog against the minnesota vikings what side do you like in that game tom
2: That would be the Panthers at plus one. And realistically, I saw this line and I'm looking at it and saying, why are the Vikings favorite? I know the Panthers have lost two games in a row. They lost to the Eagles last weekend. They lost to Dallas the week before, but they look good against Dallas. They put up 28 points Dallas is just really good. We know that. Why are the Vikings on the road being favorite? They are a field goal away from just losing to the, the Detroit Lions last week and they beat the seahawks i guess that's a good win but they looked terrible against the browns two weeks ago they barely beat the lions and now they're on the road as favorites against carolina who sure are on a two-game losing streak but they aren't the two worst losses in the world so the panthers at home we know uh they should be getting or i don't know if we know that for, for a fact yet but they could be getting cmc back this weekend plus one at home like I will take that against the Vikings anytime it's sitting at minus 106 right now. Panthers plus one at home that line just does not make sense to me.
0: Yeah, when you think about what Minnesota has done on the road in the last couple of years as well, we know their struggles against the spread on the road versus what they do at home. So far this year two road games for Minnesota one and one against the number the Panthers also in plus money. On that money line as of right now at plus 102 as the home underdogs this upcoming Sunday. That would be a game, Tom, I would put a pin in and see if we are going to have line movement by the time we get the kick on Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern time. That is going to be a great game in the NFC, a great game in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Los Angeles Chargers, a total for that game of 51 and a half. A Chargers team that only has one over so far this year. It was last week in a game that had 89 combined points against the Cleveland Browns. But still, I think we can expect to see some offense between the Ravens and the Chargers on Sunday afternoon. Tom, are you leaning to the over for this matchup?
2: Yes, the over 51 and a half, and I know you just said that they only have actually won over this season. And if we look back at some of their, the other games where they hit the under, some of those games are up at 55, 55 and a half or 54. This is just a little bit lower sitting at 51 and a half. We looked to the other side for the Ravens, and I think it's pretty clear that their defense is not what it has been in previous seasons. You know, they they got a win against Detroit. They got a, a, you know, I would say that's an easy win. They struggled against the Chiefs uh, in that game. There was a ton of points. There, they struggled the other night against the Colts, who are an average to above-average offense at best. And given the fact that we have great offenses now on both sides with the Chargers putting up tons of points every week, I think that this is just leaning towards the over. 51-and-a-half, I think, is a spot where we will see them hit the over again. The, the games prior for the, uh, the Chargers were up at 55, 55-and-a-half. 55 I'm not really too worried about that. Frankly, I don't care that the Chargers are playing a 1 p.m. game, West Coast, going to to the East Coast team, like all that nonsense. I'm not worried about that. We saw them do it uh, in week one. Yeah, they didn't score a ton of points, but that was week one of the NFL season. Now they are in rhythm. Two great receivers, great running back. We have all the offensive weapons on the Ravens side. I am leaning the over here uh, again and again, as long as well as looking here for a game stack in DFS.
0: Yeah, Tom, I also think you could, I like the way that you conceptualize that because only the fact that Chargers have hit one over so far this season might Be like, oh, are they really built for an over team? But you have to compare that to the numbers. We saw the game against the Cowboys and SoFi hover around a 54 and a half, 55 and a half. Of course, against the Chiefs and Arrowhead, it was up there in the mid 50s as well. I actually think 51 and a half might be a by low spot on these two teams, two top 10 scoring offenses in the NFL. The Chargers averaging 28.4 points per game, the Baltimore Ravens 27.2 points per game. You alluded to it right there. Great wide receivers for the los angeles chargers on the other side lamar jackson has been very profitable in his passing yards prop going over in all five games so far this year from a prop perspective where does your eye go for this matchup on sunday between baltimore and los angeles
2: so it would lean towards the over for lamar jackson's rushing prop uh as usual i think he's obviously phenomenal as you said the the passing yards prop for lamar has also been very profitable i would also look to the longest receptions for mike williams or keenan allen The corners for the Ravens are not good this year. We've seen them certainly struggle uh, throughout the beginning portion of the season. season, So that's where I would also look. And then Mark Andrews, anytime touchdown, I think that should be an easy option as well. Uh, If you want to take a longer shot, uh, Donald Parham, anytime touchdown for the Chargers. He's Mm -hmm. really getting involved in the offense as a second string uh, tight end behind Cook, but you know, he's running out there more and more snaps, more and more routes. He had two touchdowns last week. If they're going to be getting him more involved in the offense, that's a spot I would also look.
0: Another reason I think this game could go to the overtime of that 51 and a half for a total is because despite how good the Chargers have been this year, if there is one glaring weakness, it is that rushing defense for Brandon Staley. The Chargers, the worst rushing defense in the NFL, giving up 157 yards per game, facing off against one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL over the past three seasons in the Baltimore Ravens that could lead to points which would mean the Chargers need to have a shootout I think we might see an over of 51 and a half between the Ravens and the Chargers as well Tom are there a couple other players so far that the first five weeks of this NFL season you have gone back to week after week time and again for either DFS stacks or just in the prop market as well
2: uh, one of them would be Justin Jefferson for the Minnesota Vikings. His receiving yards prop uh, is generally pretty good on a week-to-week basis. Always a fan of that. Uh, C.D. Lamb, longest uh, reception has always been pretty good. We see him getting downfield plenty. Uh, obviously, with removing Michael Gallup, it's been a few weeks now. We see them, uh, the, the Cowboys, that is, concentrating their passing offense around Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and even and even Dalton Schultz, I think, is a solid option on a week-to-week basis. Uh Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt for the Browns have both been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I've been going back to them uh, in fantasy. They're, they're catching passes. They're rushing it in or multiple rushing attempts from inside the five. Great options for them as well. And then depending on what we have for the injury news surrounding uh, Chris Carson for the Seahawks, looking to Alex Collins again potentially for DFS value or any time touchdown against the Steelers. They're playing the Steelers this week. I'm pretty sure on Sunday night that could mm-hmm. be a spot to look.
0: Absolutely, on Sunday night, the Seahawks getting four and a half points on the road in Heinz Field against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tom also loves his Major League Baseball. And as we approach the American League Championship Series, who would Tom Vecchio be if not to give you at least one MLB play here on the morning after? Tom, only about a minute left here. What do you like for the ALCS between the Astros and the Red Sox?
2: Well, ultimately, what I would like is to see both teams lose as a Yankees fan, but that's not possible. (laughs) And while I while i don't know who's actually going to win this series i think the astros are probably a slight slight edge in my book it would be 55 percent astros you no know, 45 red sox is obviously two strong teams going up against each other it's probably not going to be a sweep. it's probably not going to be five games it should be six or seven games i don't know which which side it's going to be but betting on six total games is sitting at plus 200 right, right now that's the spot i would look because it should be a bit of a toss-up and if either team wins i'm not going to be surprised and then finally, look to a shots prop for either Miko Rantanen or Gabriel Langescog tonight for the Colorado Avalanche because Nathan McKinnon is in the league's protocol. The over on either of their shot, shot props.
0: Boom. NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL. That is why we call him the prop king. I salute you, good sir. Fan duels, Tom Vecchio. We will talk very soon. Thank you very much for coming on the morning after on this Wednesday. Coming up next. Some NFL injury updates to influence your prop decisions this weekend. That's next.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204, all across the Sports Grid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. As we look forward to week number six in the NFL, it gets underway tomorrow night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road, laying seven points at the Philadelphia Eagles. But this is the point of the season where injuries really start to have an impact on a week-by-week, game-by-game basis for your favorite team or your favorite team to lay a wager on. So we need the updates from one of the brightest minds in the industry, pro football doc, Dr. David Chow. And you will look across the FanDuel Sportsbook right now, and you might have your eyes glow wide open because the biggest number of the entire NFL weekend, number six, the Los Angeles Rams, laying 10 and a half against the New York Giants. The Giants could be without the services of Saquon Barkley for quite some time. Let's hear what Dr.
3: David Chow has the latest on Saquon. Saquon Barkley. Does he or doesn't he have a fracture in his ankle? This is Dr. David Chow, pro football doc. We said in game it was a significant inversion ankle sprain. But as you see here, it looks bad. He steps on the defender's foot and it rolls quite a bit. Undoubtedly, he tears lateral ankle ligaments. This is a significant low inversion ankle sprain. After the game, there were some reports of x-rays negative. And some people have parsed Joe Judge's comments that the x-rays were better than we thought without a definitive negative and have supposed that he has a fracture or a hairline fracture. I do not believe that to be the case based on how he's been treated and how it swelled up. Yes, I get that there's worry, but with that amount of swelling, it usually is a ligament tear. Now, sometimes with a ligament tear, there's an avulsion where a small piece of bone is pulled off of the ligament. Now, technically, that may be x rays not negative. It's negative for stability fractures, instability fractures, where you might need surgery. But a small piece of bone is pulled off with of the ligament. It's really treated as a ligament sprain or tear and not as a fracture. So we can rest assured that the x rays are okay. He doesn't have a fracture, he won't need surgery. Look, uh, it's going to be very difficult to return in just two weeks. He may indeed be on injured reserve uh, and miss three games, but it's not a fracture. It won't involve surgery and it will give Saquon some time to uh, rehab from his right knee ACL as well. Here, we're just trying to provide good news when possible and give you the real story in analyzing injuries. That's what we do. We analyze injuries using my 17 years of NFL experience as opposed to reporting on injuries. Hope it's helpful for you. Uh, Subscribe here at YouTube or go to profootballdoc.com. And
0: Dr. Chow was on the show on Monday as well, and he mentioned that last point there about Saquon Barkley, that if this ankle injury is not overly significant, meaning that Saquon will not have to be placed on injured reserve, he could use these couple of weeks to also continue the rehab of that right knee, the right-torn ACL that ended his season only after a couple of games last year in 2020. A silver lining for Giants fans who are maybe looking for a bunch of silver linings. Of course, Daniel Jones also knocked out of that game last week for the Giants against the Cowboys. He was in concussion protocol. Kenny Galladay was out. Kadarius Toney got ejected for throwing a punch. Things are not great right now for the New York Giants in year number two of Joe Judge. Reflected on the FanDuel Sportsbook as well. The Giants, the longest odds right now to win the NFC East at plus. 3100. Their updated team win total right now, just five and a half, in the under has the heavy juice at minus 135. There is a reason the Los Angeles Rams, who have the second shortest odds to win the NFC, have the biggest spread in their favor across the entire NFL Sunday slate for week number six. Again, the Rams on the road in the New York, New Jersey area, laying 10 and a half points against the New York Giants on sunday a big number and we have seen big numbers often go the way of the favorites so far throughout the first five weeks of the nfl season a game we have touched on a decent amount so far because of some of the injury concerns as well sunday night football between the pittsburgh steelers and the seattle seahawks now the steelers are going to be without juju smith schuster their stud wide receiver for throughout the good majority of the rest of this season The Seattle Seahawks are going to miss their starting quarterback and one of the best in the league in Russell Wilson for quite some time as well. An injury to the right throwing hand for Russ. Dr. David Chow gives you the update on what exactly that timeline looks like for Russell Wilson's return for Seattle.
3: Here is the Russell Wilson breaking news. This is Dr. David Chow, pro football doc. Yes, indeed, he did not break the finger. Yes, indeed, it wasn't a dislocation, no avulsion a tendon rupture or a mallet finger was confirmed. We indicated surgery was likely with the pin. That surgery has happened. That's where our optimism ends. Initially, we felt that with the one pin or screw in place stabilizing the droop in the finger, if he could alter his grip to throw accurately, it would be a very short absence and maybe even a chance to play in 10 days for the week six contest. But now the report after surgery is that it was more complicated and more than one screw was needed. When's the last time you heard a GM say after a draft that he didn't get what he wanted or the draft was harder or he didn't get the players? Surgeons usually say, and reports usually come out optimistic. Things went as expected. In this case, with the report of things more complicated and multiple screws per a rap sheet report, we have to have some pessimism and we have to feel like Russell Wilson's playing and starting every game at quarterback for 10 years, that streak is likely coming to an end and we'll see how long that it is. The initial optimism of stabilizing a soft tissue injury, mallet fracture to allow the tendon to heal altering his grip probably has to be altered given the report of multiple screws here. Early reports indicate a month, six weeks, we'll have to see. Uh, Best wishes for Russell Wilson, and we'll have to let the injury news play out here, but it doesn't seem good at this point in time. Go to profootballdoc.com for updated details. Thanks to Dr. Chow for those
0: NFL injury updates. Again, the Seattle Seahawks getting four and a half points on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football. Geno Smith will take over. Geno Smith looked efficient at times in the second half against the L.A. Rams last Thursday night. Ten fourth quarter points the Seahawks scored in an attempted comeback against the Rams at home in the Pacific Northwest. Now they hit the road in primetime once again against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers lay in four and a half. That total, 42 and a half for a primetime game. Another primetime game on Thursday night. Tomorrow, about 24, 36 hours from now, the total for that one, 52 and a half between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Also, like for Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, their quarterback dealing with an injury to his right throwing hand, that might be the same for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady has a sore injured right thumb on that throwing hand. He injured it against the Miami Dolphins. He says currently it is sore but should be ready to go for tomorrow night in Philadelphia. It didn't seem like it slowed him down last Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Tom Brady throwing for 411 yards and five passing touchdowns in a route of the Miami Dolphins by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This one, courtesy of our producer, Alex Fasano, always chock full of fun facts. We'll hear a little bit more about that later. Tom Brady, the first time in his career, he threw for 400 or more yards and five touchdowns in a single game. So Tom should be okay for Thursday night football. What is that? Oh, I'm getting word. Okay. I'm getting word right now that we have some big news here on the morning after making his return to the Sports Grid Airwaves to help me break down Thursday night football tomorrow. The Bucks laying seven on the road of the Philadelphia Eagles. Is it true? Is it the Sussman himself, Greg Sussman, El Jefe, as he is known here? Greg Sussman, are you there down in the pit? I would prefer you just call me boss
4: at all times. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's how it El works Jefe. around here. But uh, it is a pleasure uh, to be back joining you from our pit here. We are doing uh, crack production work. Everything is fantastic, yes. Ben. Uh, or you're doing a fantastic job.
0: Thanks. I, I appreciate you saying that. I want you to do a fantastic job right now in helping us break down Thursday night football a little bit. Brady should I'm gonna be I'm going to break okay? it down just like
4: Alex, Alex is breaking it down behind me. That's how I'm, I'm going to break it down.
0: Oh, oh, heck yeah. Okay, you break it down any way you want. How's Alex Fasano doing? Is he okay? Is his fun fact ready for next segment? I see him walking there. Oh, oh we're wiping <laughs> you know, off the screen. He, <laughs> okay.
4: He, he's doing the Alex thing here, Ben, where he's just pacing right. back and forth. He's freaking out, like, a, like knowing things are probably going wrong somewhere, right? So he's pacing back and right. forth. He's just kind of wiping things down because that's his way of calming himself. Uh, but I think things yeah. are ready for the fun fact. I, I believe so.
0: Am I ready? Well, the fun fact. Mr. Bossman, is next segment. We still need to fill some time yeah. here on the airway. I, know I, uh,
4: I understand, yeah. Ben. I know, I know how oh. the segments work. I know how the rundown works. Right. I'm saying he's preparing yeah. himself to, like, get ready for the fun fact next segment here on the morning. Gotcha.
0: After. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes a ton of sense. So, Greg, do you have any strong thoughts on this Thursday night football game tomorrow? Are you going to be watching it at Dan and John's having some wings or – Do you think the Tampa Bay minus seven is a better bet here on Thursday night?
4: So it's funny because I have been in on Philly all year long. I'm talking to your co-host on hmm. the early after, Kevin Walsh, who for some reason, him and I all over Philadelphia, him because he's an Eagles fan. Me, don't know why right. I'm a Giants fan. But the fact is, right. uh, I, I feel like that Eagles offense could really move the ball at the step of a finger, much like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens did on Monday night where they were terrible for a half and then they could just go off. It's kind of what Jalen Hurts could do, just in like a worse way. And I feel like... They're going to be able to just hang in there with the Bucs. Their defense is bad, but I think they hang in there. I like the Eagles plus seven on Thursday night. Again, not an Eagles fan, except for this year. I like Jalen Hurts. I think the Eagles will hang in there with Tampa on Thursday.
0: That's how you can trust Greg Sussman right there. A diehard Giants fan picking the Eagles to cover a number. On Thursday night, my father would handicap this game, Greg, in a very simple way. Hometown dog in a primetime game, and you're giving me seven points? Fly, Eagles, fly, says Rick Stevens. I can guarantee you that. Greg, also, I'm, I'm su- I'm surprised quarterback that, like, news. Like, what? I'm surprised yeah, that
4: your dad, right, isn't just like, oh, man, Jalen Hurts. I love John Mellencamp. It hurts so good. Give it to me, baby. Like, that's what I can see your father do.
0: My dad, a big fan of the Coug, no doubt about it there, Greg. But he also texted me yesterday. My best bet of the day that I gave out here on the program was Louisiana and App State, the under of 57 and a half. He texted me, good job on the under. I was like, did you actually go out and bet it? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, dad, (laughs) at times, brother, you got to ease your role with everything that I say. Maybe we can talk some shop after the show, not just listen here, but he watches every day on Spectrum Sportsnet out there in Los Angeles. Greg, any final thoughts here before we close out this segment and before we get to Fasano's fun fact of the day?
4: Ben, you know you're a true broadcaster when you call it a program and not a program.
0: Yeah. Have a fantastic
4: yep. rest of your show. Keep it up.
0: That's what I learned from my co-host on the early after, Kevin Walsh. That's what every, CSE, every SEC football coach says. It's a program. It means that much to us here on sports grid on the morning after shout out to el jefe himself the boss man greg sussman for joining us and helping us have some fun here on tma nfl injury updates from dr david chow giving you that perspective as we look ahead to nfl week number six we round out this second hour of the morning after also checking in with members of the pit alex fasano's fun fact of the day let's see how fun it is on the other side of the break sirius xm channel 204 Closing out hour number two here on the morning after on Sports Grid SiriusXM channel 204. I am your host Ben Stevens, but I am one mere part of this family here on the morning after and across the Sports Grid network. You just heard from Greg Sussman down in the pit. Our fearless producer Alex Fasano, also down in the pit, where he is currently clocking up some information. Always working, always grinding to give you the facts that are the most fun. All across really the entire sports landscape but today in the NFL and this is what Alex Fasano has cooked up for us today Fasano's fun fact of the day is all about Kyle Pitts the stud rookie tight end for the Atlanta Falcons right now Kyle Pitts is on track to have 1047 receiving yards this year in his rookie campaign in 2021 it would make him Just the second rookie tight end with 1,000 yards in NFL history. The only other, Mike Ditka, the former head coach of the Chicago Bears, back in 1961 is when Ditka did it during his rookie season as a tight end. If you're looking for value, get this from Alex Fasano right now. Kyle Pitts, plus 1,400 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. And here is the most fun of the fun facts. Kyle Pitts' 308 receiving yards are the most by a tight end, in his first five nfl games since at least 1950 you know what that means since at least 1950 that means that alex Fasano went back in the nfl history books was flipping page by page in the tight end category to see what the most receiving yards through five games of an nfl season were for a rookie tight end kyle pitts has it with 308 receiving yards so far at that tight end position for the atlanta falcons and we saw that pay off in a big way On this past Sunday in London, Matt Ryan was targeting Kyle Pitts a ton, going over 100 receiving yards in a single game for the first time in his NFL career. Again, Kyle Pitts, plus 1,400 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Alex Fasano, thank you for your very fun, fun fact. Alex Fasano's fun fact of the day. Get in on Kyle Pitts now. That's why you draft him number four overall as a tight end. Coming up, happy hour of the morning after. Hour number three on the other side of the break, right here on the grid.
3: dispensing little pearls
2: of sports strategy wisdom like gumballs from the machine where your dad used to take you for a haircut when you were a
0: kid. (laughs)